It's Thursday, August 20th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, Aaron Savali looked pretty good last night, huh? He really looked good. He had like that, uh, that kind of, uh, I don't know if it's a two-seam fastball that Kluber used to have. You know, mm-hmm. it starts out and comes back in to the lefties and the righties. I mean, right. he throw it, he'd throw it at the control. He, Kluber used to throw that at the, the left-hander's belt and it'd start like it was, it looked like it was going to hit him. And then the guy would back off and it'd be over the inside corner of the plate. Yeah. And that's really what, what Savali was, was going with. And really until the ninth inning, he wasn't stressed at all. I don't think he'd, get, he'd given up three hits, all singles, um, you know, six strikeouts, uh, just uh, really a great performance. And they, uh, Came at a great time, too, because the bullpen had pitched, what, 12 innings, over 12 innings in the last two games. They had an off day between there, but still, that's a lot of innings, a lot to ask from your pen. Right. A complete game, uh, giving up one run for Aaron Savala. The Indians win 6-1. Uh, Santana and Santana providing all the uh, the scoring for the Indians. Uh, three RBIs on a, on a home run for Carlos Santana, his second in as many games and a three-run double by Domingo Santana. Nice to see him sort of break out of things. Uh, he hit the ball hard a couple of times last night. But uh, all of your runs coming from guys last name Santana, I guess that's. Uh, I guess it was the first time uh, since the, the Sewell brothers did, did it in, uh, um, you know, back in, what, the 50s? Uh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. I, I guess that was the, when two players with, with the same last name for the Indians, had uh, had at least three RBIs each. So, <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a law firm, Santana and Santana. Yeah, uh, I, well, I I guess they they <laughs> yeah, and they specialize in uh, driving in runs. That's uh, <laughs> that's what it is. But but just to see Carlos Santana, all that walking that he did early in the season, you know, leading the league by far in in base on balls, and and now that patience is sort of coming around and, and paying off in. He's taking better swings. He's he's having better at bats, and and now he's really like uh, like Sandy Alomar said before the game. He's attacking the ball, which is it's given him the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I'd like to know how many three two counts Santana has had this year. He seems every 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 at bat is it goes to three two and and the three two on the home run. Uh, the th- the home run uh, Tuesday night I think was maybe the second pitch of the bat, but. Uh, Mostly he works the count. You know, sometimes I remember Albert Bell watching him when he would be scuffling a little bit, and you could tell he was coming out of it when when he started hitting the ball to center field in the opposite way, and he wouldn't be hitting home runs. He'd be hitting singles and doubles. And maybe maybe Santana has to walk his way out of, out of, out of a slow start. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird, but I guess every player is different. Well, and it might just be the number of pitches he's seen. It, it, that gets you back on uh... – on the right track as well. Uh, like you said, he he would fall fall behind a pitcher in the count early, like one and two or zero oh and two, and you you have complete faith that he he'll by the end of the at bat he'll be in a, a position to either walk or or you know strike out I guess. But yeah, I, I think he's he's really good at just working a count and not giving in when a pitcher wants him to swing in a ball that's out of the zone. Yeah, and. Um... You know, he's, he's still leading the league, uh, Major League Baseball, by a long shot in walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hopefully he gets that average going and he can hit, what did he hit, like 280 last year or close to it last year? If he could ever get that average back up there, 
he'd be dangerous, man. Well, he'd be, and he'd be dangerous right now, but and he was hitting over 300 for most of the season last year. So that that was it. Wasn't until uh, he started to, to sort of sag off uh, in about September that uh, you know he had dropped below 300. He was he was by far he was one of the best hitters in in the American League last year for the first three four months of the season. And uh, Joe, they're they're a half game behind the Twins. The last time I checked the schedule, so uh, they're coming on. Yeah. And 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 who's remind me who's coming to uh, Cleveland next week? Uh, yeah, for, big for a series again. Series. And, and that's nice to have that series uh, starting Monday against the Twins uh, at you know at Progressive Field. Be the home team. You know, be a little more comfortable. But heck, the way these guys are going on the road, they might want to stay out there for a while. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, they've got to talk to Kansas City because Kansas City's done a nice job against uh, the Twins. The Indians have not, so I don't know. But maybe uh, they've got to get some reverse mojo going. Right. Uh, again, they they, they played tonight. Uh, I mean, we're looking forward to tonight because it, it should be their sixth win in a row. They've got Shane Bieber going against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Pittsburgh's got to be wondering, you know, what they did to deserve uh, Aaron Savali one night uh, and followed up by Shane Bieber the next. Uh, you know, he Bieber right now, as it's, you know, 1230 on a Thursday afternoon ahead of uh, getting ready for this game, there's no reason why Shane Bieber shouldn't do exactly what uh, uh, Aaron Savali did last night to the, to the Pirates lineup. Yeah, Bieber's been on a roll. He's just been excellent. You know, he's got – um, you know, he's throwing all his pitches, especially his breaking balls for strikes. Um, you know, doesn't walk anybody, just like Savali. Savali's walked three guys all season. Wow. Three guys. Wow. In like th- over 30 innings. I mean, how, how is that possible? Uh, I'm reading the stats right. I think I got that right. But, I mean, it's – and then Beaver's just right there too. I mean, no, but they don't walk anybody. They don't hurt themselves. You know, they don't put themselves in too many jams. And when they do, they've got the pitches to get out of them. Well, and, and they're around the plate. If they do give up, uh, you know, hard contact, it's a, it's a two-out single or it's a, a solo home run. It's, it's something that's not going to hurt you or damage you so much that you can't recover and, and continue. Savali was so efficient last night with his, with his pitches. How many – he finished with, what, uh, 109. 109 pitches last night. And he threw like 70% of them for strikes. Right. And, you know, the, the average major league pitcher is right, usually around 63%. So, you know, that shows you he was, he was above and beyond uh, right. last night. And, and Roberto Perez in the postgame uh, said that he had encouraged Savali to throw more of his four-seam fastballs last night, uh, that the, the cutter had gotten him in trouble in his last start. So, you know, he, he went to more of his four-seam. And, and Roberto said, he told Savali, you know, your, your good is, is good enough to get by with, with the fastball. You don't have to overpower these guys. And, and it, it paid off. Roberto, uh, really, just having him back there after missing 17 games uh, made all the difference last night for Savali. Yeah, I think so. And I, I like what uh, Perez said uh, in, in the Zoom call. He said even when he was out, when he was sidelined with the sore shoulder, he'd be sitting at, at home calling watching the games on tv and calling the games as they were going along <laughs> I, th- I thought that was pretty cool well, he goes, said, I, I go out there every time to uh, throw to uh, catch a no hitter you know so or call a no hitter well and, he said he said he could call a no hitter from home every time that's what he, yeah, yeah. he said <laughs> that, that's and that's great you know the thing about Savali Joe that, that surprised me he throws so many different pitches mm-hmm. I mean he's thrown like 
<clears throat> maybe five five different different variety of pitches, and he throws a lot of them. You know, right. so I mean, he, he's mixing it up, and you know, it's nice to have a catcher back there that kind of forces him to use those pitches. Well, and and the thing is, if for a for a guy as young and I, I mean, he's inexperienced. He's he's not an experienced guy, but for a guy as young as Savali to have five different pitches and, and different speeds on different pitches and all that kind of stuff to be able to command the, the, them the way that he does. It's not just enough to be able to throw them. He, he commands those pitches and can put them where he wants to, when he wants to. Uh, that makes all the difference for, you know, for his ability to, to, to strike guys out. Uh, the, the comparisons, uh, you know, when, when Terry Francona likes to talk about Shane Bieber and compare him to Corey Kluber, I think a closer match is, is Aaron Savali. Uh, I, I think the work ethic, yes, that all lines up for both of them. But in terms of his re- repertoire and uh, the way he attacks hitters, I think uh, Savali is, is probably a, a closer match. Yeah, I think probably Kluber during his peak years was thrown a little bit harder than either one of those guys. But, uh, you know, these guys probably, you know, but they also, they might throw a tick or two down, but they have the same strike throwing ability as, as Kluber and, and the same amount of pitches too, or maybe, maybe a few, a couple more pitches. All right. So that's interesting. All Did right. you see what uh, Trevor Bauer was said about wearing uh he was going to wear uh, the, his shoes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the free Joe Kelly cleats, uh, yeah. Trevor Bauer. I <laughs> uh, never one to miss an opportunity for self-promotion Trevor Bauer. Uh, and, and really it was, his support of Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly, the uh, Dodgers reliever who was originally suspended eight games for, for throwing at the, um, the Astros when they were in Houston, sparking a fight uh, after he, he uh, sort of mouthed at Carlos Correa. Um, Joe Kelly has become sort of a cult hero uh, among players and fans. And Bauer wanted to show his support by wearing a, a pair of customized cleats that said free Joe Kelly. And they actually had a picture of Joe Kelly making that goat face. It was, it was a really funny picture. Um, but, but Bauer didn't wear the cleats in his start. I believe it was against uh, Kansas city. Yeah. Last and, night. Yeah. And uh, he, he went to Twitter and said that he didn't want to put his team in a, in a bad position because major league baseball threatened to eject him if he wore those cleats. But the funny thing was major league baseball said, uh, before the season started, that they were going to let players wear more yeah. expressive cleats and express themselves as long as they weren't offensive or political. And there was nothing political or offensive over any of those statements. So uh, Bauer really, really sort of went after uh, Rob Manfred for, for that. Yeah, he never misses a, po- a chance to tweak Manfred or the Astros. But I, I was thinking, you know, if he had worn those shoes, those spikes, that's like uh, – you know, a wanted poster uh, to for everybody to start throwing at the the Astros, and you know, just <laughs> I I don't know, man. But he is he never misses a chance to put himself out front, does he? He just right. he's, well, he's did you see? He he did pitch. Uh, I believe he pitched a, a complete game one hitter yeah. in a in a seventh. It was the it was a seven inning game because it was a double yeah, hunter. Right, right. But then think, after he this is this is in Kansas City. This is Trevor Bauer in Kansas City. <laughs> And after the final out of the game, he turned and he took off his jersey as they were going through the handshake line. And underneath his jersey, he wore one of his, uh, his merchandise, uh, the, the T-shirts that he sold. And it, it was, uh, it was the, the scoreboard in Kansas City, and it said, send it, which is a reference <laughs> to 
uh, Bauer chucking the ball over the outfield wall uh, last season. Uh, his his sort of final act as a Cleveland Indian. Uh, that was, you know, it just tells you where uh, where Trevor Bauer's head is right now. That was kind of funny. Well, remember his last last year with the, the Indians. He, when he pitched, he would always have his his jersey buttoned halfway down, unbuttoned halfway down. He'd mm -hmm. be wearing that blue undershirt with the the Bauer with, with him doing this, the Bauer blade exercise on. Right, it. So he, right. He was promoting himself even then. <laughs> right, that's his uh, his logo, his brand, and the, the shoulder tube is that uh, yeah. that wobbling yeah. stick that he uses. Uh, and, and that was part of the logo. And yeah, it, he did that on purpose. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought, I also thought it was funny. I got, I saw a tweet, uh, from a, a fan, uh, on uh, Twitter last night, uh, as Carlos Santana was rounding, uh, first base, the, the, the cameras captured him. Santana has his Jersey as well, uh, half unbuttoned. And he was wearing an undershirt that had, uh, the chief Wahoo logo on it. Oh, okay. and, and as he rounded first base, his sort of chest opened up and you could clearly see right between the Cleveland on his Jersey, the chief Wahoo had pe uh, peeking straight through. So that was, uh, you know, people, you know, chief Wahoo supporters sort of picked up on that and thought it was, was really neat. But, you know, that might just be a matter of uh, Carlos had a, a shirt that he liked that he felt yeah. comfortable wearing uh, guys, are, guys are particular about stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I would think that that's it. Or he'll probably get fined for it anyway. So. Yeah, it's it, that's a non-approved logo that that made an appearance on the field, so uh, that could that could definitely do it. Uh, but uh, you know, when talking about fining and suspending and all that kind of stuff, uh, want to bring up an unfortunate incident. It also has to do with the Reds as well. Um, last night, uh, Tom Brenneman, their their longtime was he on TV? I believe TV broadcaster, not radio. Uh, not really sure, but. Uh, uh, Brenneman had a, a hot mic incident where he uh, uttered a uh, sort of a, ho a homophobic slur and was immediately like it, during the game suspended for uh, doing that after people heard it and uh, really ju just no excuse for, for what he did. He came out and immediately apologized, but uh, the damage pretty much always, already been done. Uh, I know uh, Tito's close with, with, uh, Brenneman, Marty Brenneman, and uh, you know his dad. Uh, you know what's uh, what are your thoughts on on just what happened with Tom and and what should be what should happen going forward? Well, I think uh, you know they really came down on him hard, and he probably uh, he's suspended indefinitely it. right now. Yeah, and uh, live those live mics, those hot mics, have gotten more people more people in trouble than than uh, <laughs> than uh, the internet almost. Uh, but uh, you know. It's just, you know, you know, I don't know where his, I don't know him. I don't know where his head is or where his heart is. Hopefully, you know, he he has apologized and he he may, he means it because his professional uh, career depends on it. And, right, and I don't, I don't think I don't think the hot mic is necessarily the problem here. The the hot mic just just lets us know what what's really in the guy's head and in his heart. Uh, I, I, the problem here is that he would utter the 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 slur either way and and that's where the change needs to happen uh not necessarily a fewer hot mics or, or the internet or anything like that but I, I i there's there really is no place for it uh and and the reds did the right thing acting acting swiftly and, and removing him uh whether it's a case of you know making that permanent or you know just for a month or until the season's over or whatever that is 
uh, I, I did see uh, Amir Garrett came out and, and said, look, you know, we're a family. This, we, we, we understand people make mistakes and sort of, uh, you know, encourage maybe to, to, you know, forgiveness and moving on. But, uh, you know, there are Reds fans out there who immediately, you know, told the club, hey, either this guy's gone or, or we're just not going to support you anymore. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, the, the country's changed. And, um, you know, they're, especially in the social revolution we're going through right now. And this is, uh, this is the wrong time to, uh, you know, utter something like that. It's just, right. there's no excuse for it. And, and it's just, uh, it's just tough. It's, you got to, you know, you have to respect people. You have to respect everyone. And, and every, there's baseball fans all over. And, and uh, you just, you know, sponsors and teams and, you know, professional organizations, Major League Baseball. It's, you know, they, they have all, you know, come out so far, you know, in support of, of you know, gay rights, everything like that. And, and uh, it's, you know, I, I feel bad for them, but I, I really don't, you know, part of me feels bad for them because we've all said things we didn't mean. And, but part of me says, what were you thinking, man? What were right. you thinking? Right. And, and, you know, hey, no one in Cleveland is immune to guys coming out and saying things that they probably shouldn't have uh, as far as the media or the players. Uh, you know, we've seen that just here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, as hey, we Joe. Move, yes. Joe, I got a, some breaking news here. Breaking news. Saturday, Saturday starting pitcher. Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, Logan Allen. Tristan McKenzie. No. Yes. He's coming up from uh, – coming up from uh, – the uh, alternate training site, the big man, the, Stop. the guy that the six, six, and he weighs about 150 pounds. We're going to get to see him. The thin man, the scarecrow. We got him. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, we got to stop and re-record this whole podcast. That should be the lead. That should be the lead item of the podcast. Tristan McKenzie hasn't pitched in a competitive game in how long? Um, two years he, more, almost. Yeah, year and a half at least. You know, he missed he missed all last year and, and half of the year before that. Well, so, uh, so my sources, my I got I got a tip. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to that's going to be fun. And what's the impact? What's the impact on uh, Clevenger and Plesak now? They what, would, what this game they goes would rather deals? they would rather start the clock on Tristan McKenzie than you know accommodate. They, they can't. They can't they call can't, those guys yeah. up. They're not eligible. Yet. Right. Neither neither Plesak or Clevenger have been down for ten days. Yeah. So they can't come up. Uh, unless there was an injury or, or, or some sort of situation where they were needed. But, uh, yeah, to, to give Tristan McKenzie this shot, uh, what do you think? He, he, can't, he can't possibly go more than three, four innings, right? Well, you know, all the reports I've been getting from, uh, from uh, Eastlake in uh, Classic Park is he's pitched very, very well. I would think, yeah, I don't know how far. Maybe it is a bullpen game, you know, but I would think they want to get a look at this kid, and uh, this is the season to do it, I guess. So. You know, I, I'm excited. That's going to be cool. Wow, that'll be great. Yeah, and 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 you'll be there for that uh, that start on Saturday, uh, the Indians versus the Tigers, uh, the series opener on Friday night. Uh, I'll be there. It's uh, I believe Adam Plicko against Michael Fulmer, a rematch of of his past Sunday's uh, start between the two of them. So yeah, uh, wow, uh, big news here, Hoinsey. Uh if this were 2018 and you were telling me Tristan McKenzie was going to make his big, big league debut, I think uh, a lot of people would have been, uh, you know, out of their minds crazy about it. But, uh, 
now, uh, two years later, after a couple of injuries and a, and a long road back, this is, this is huge. This is, uh, this could be uh, another piece to that, uh, that, that starting rotation that, that could be here for a while. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, uh, just think of the pitchers. I mean, if the, no matter what, what Tristan does in his first start, I mean, you know, this is, this is the other, this is the passing of the baton from, uh, what Bieber and, and, uh, Clevin and Bieber and, and, uh, who, who yeah, do we got? I'm sorry. Bieber. Kluber, Kluber, Carrasco and, uh, Bauer were, yeah, the, and, were the, the rotation, you know, just a, a year and a half ago. Then Bieber and, and Savali and, and Plesak and, and Clevenger. And now, now you go down and, um, the, uh, you know, Logan Allen is in there and, and, but this is a guy, your number, you know, one of your number one picks. And, uh, I think 2015, maybe he was the number, he was your number one pick. Some, somewhere but, around uh, there, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up here so Hoinsey can, uh, can get to, to writing and, and posting this, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll check it out again. We'll get more details on Tristan McKenzie and, and talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.